you've started your small business, you've got a few customers, you're going, you've got some sales, but what do you do next? Where do you go? In this episode, I'm so excited to have Jennifer Vessels back with me, coaching one of our listeners to grow their business alongside you, because that's one of the critical things we've all got to do, is build the business, keep the sales coming in, and turn it into something that can actually provide for you and your family. Welcome to The Rebel Entrepreneur. The extraordinary belongs to those that create it. Rebelling against business plans and debt, rebelling against what society expects of us to build cool businesses, make money, have fun and do good. Let's create something extraordinary together. Welcome to The Rebel Entrepreneur. Do companies like Google, Adobe and the giants of Silicon Valley face the same problems that solo entrepreneurs from around the world face? That's the question for today, and I'm so excited to have Jennifer Vessels back on the show. She was on the last one demystifying Silicon Valley, and today she's going to be coaching a solo entrepreneur from Reading in England how to build his business. If you want to play along, if you're on your phone, have a look at craftboxclub.co.uk forward slash rebel, and you can see Adam's homepage that we are discussing in the website This is going to be a great episode and there is so much value for you. We'll be talking funnels, hooks, benefits and keeping building the community. So welcome to The Rebel Entrepreneur. I am very excited to have with me. We've got two people here today. Let's introduce them in order. First off, I have Adam with me and Adam actually came to the pop-up business school in Reading a couple of years ago, wasn't it, Adam? Uh, it was a couple of years ago, and it, it was an uh, absolutely wonderful experience and um, got me off in the direction that I'm going at the moment. And you're building a business called Craft Box Club, is that correct? Yes, that's right. That's Craft Box Club. I've been trialing this idea pretty much ever since the Papa Business School, and it's gone through various iterations of kind of crazy art events to craft workshops, and it's ended up as an eco craft box subscription company. I'm excited to find out more about the crazy art events and what you've been up to. <laughs> and also on the show today, I have with me Jennifer Vessels. Jennifer, welcome back to the show. Thank you. It is wonderful to be here again, Alan. We had so much fun with the demystifying Silicon Valley episode that we did. If you haven't listened to that one yet, please do. It's the last episode. It was fantastic. Thank you for coming on. And I think that's one of the bits that we've actually been talking about is whether it's Adobe or Google or Microsoft or a one-person or two-person entrepreneurial team that's operating, there's some similarities, isn't there? There are definitely a lot of similarities because from a Silicon Valley-style perspective of growing a business, the key to success is to identify a problem, a need, something that will drive people in the marketplace to commit to a new product, a new service, a new solution, pay money for it, And then you have a business. It all starts with a problem or a need or a desire that is worth spending money and committing. And then you've got a business. I love that. And it's the simplicity with which it's the problem, the need, sell them something and you have a business. And it's that simplicity. And quite regularly, I talk to people and say, people make business too complex. They make it far too complex. Let's boil it down. Let's find the problem, the need. Let's sell this thing. That's absolutely it. So this episode, Jennifer and I will be unpacking where Adam is with his business 
and hopefully adding some value and helping him with that. And the idea is that you at home can listen along to the questions that Jennifer asks, how she probes and what she does. And you can think about your business alongside Adam. And this should give you a huge amount of ideas of where to go next with your business. So whilst we're helping Adam, our hope is that it will inspire you to think about your business at home at the same time. That said, Jennifer, where's the best place to start? Great question. And I think like always, the best place is for Adam to share with us a little bit of Craft Box Club. And the question to help you in doing that, Adam, is is to give us an idea of what is the problem or the need that you're solving in the world or with your your customers that are actually subscribing for the Craft Box? Okay, sure. So where where this idea came from, I guess, was my own need while I was uh, working in, in a different job to be more creative. And so what I what I wanted was some craft kits that were easy to do, so yeah, easy for beginners and quick enough to do in an evening with really clear instructions. So I could make something that was, you know, kind of cool that I could show off to people and you know that, that I'd be proud of making. Uh, and I and I looked around for workshops and for other craft kits and um just didn't find anything that either fitted with a, a busy life on, on the workshop side. And then also with the craft kits, they just seem to be full of plastic rubbish. And uh, that's something that I'm kind of working against with Craftbox Club. So what I've come up with in the end is a craft subscription so people can get the kits sent to their houses so they can they can work their creativity around their lives. And that also um, all of the kits are plastic free and using natural materials like beeswax and avocado stones to make dye for t-shirts and sand for casting candles and all that sort of good eco-friendly stuff. Excellent. So it sounds like the problem that you experienced was that you were a busy person, but you wanted to be creative. You, you wanted an outlet for your creativity on the side of your day job and other things in your life. And you wanted to be able to to explore that creativity using tools that you would get in a craft box in an eco-friendly manner. Yes, absolutely. Excellent. So based on that, it sounds as though you explored whether there's more people than just yourself that have that similar need. Yes. So the way that I went about it was I tried various different products. And I think I, I discovered quite quickly that I was, you know, I, I imagine that there'd be lots of people out there that were exactly like me and that what I wanted to do was be creative in any way at all, <laughs> which was, you know, anything from just throwing some paint on uh, on anything, really, mm-hmm. um, and, uh, and, and just kind of playing with art materials. So that's where I started. And I, although I got a, a few people interested in that and it was a lot of fun, I quickly discovered that people want... Um, a bit more method and want to know what they're creating. So it's become a lot more specific and tangible what's in the kits and what, what you, you make out of them. Excellent. So for those listening, I think the key learning points from what I've heard from Adam here is he recognized a need and then he explored the market and did some active research by going out there and gathering people and seeing what resonated with them. 
and came away recognizing that the greatest value to people who want to be creative, that have a passion for the environment, the greatest value he could bring to them was through craft boxes. From that as a basis, Adam, tell me a little bit about your vision for the business. Where where do you see it going now that you've discovered this particular need? What I'd like to do from here is grow the subscriber base so more people craft along with me. And what I really enjoy is designing and making up these kits. So coming up with something each month that I really enjoy learning and sharing that with other people every month. So this will be completely different crafts to explore every single month. So I I just basically want to keep doing more of that and for that to be more of a a full-time thing for for me to do so I can spend more time on it so that the kits can be better. Excellent. So where are you in achieving that today? Uh, So at the moment, I have about 70 to 80 subscribers, and that's, that's built up over the last few months. So from a, a, about late February, early March is, is when I started doing the subscription boxes. And that's that sort of active subscribers. So that's where people come and go, you know, that some people are unsubscribed. So I've had you know, more customers than that, but I'm, I'm on that, that number. And I'd like to take that over the next year to about 300 and ultimately to 500, which is where I, I think I'll be able to make this a, a full-time venture. Got it. So... In a subscription model, one of the most important aspects in growing that kind of business is to first get people to engage. You want them to come in, see what it is, experience it, and then ultimately to subscribe. Once they have subscribed, then you need them to engage even more because they're now paying money. So they need to see and be constantly reminded of the value that they're gaining from that so that they re-engage and renew in the next year. Yes. Tell me a little bit of, of where you are today in engaging, bringing people in, having them feel part of this creative, eco-friendly community. And how does that relate to converting them from visiting your website, looking at your Instagram, to actually committing to a subscription? Sure. Okay. So I I take three different approaches to finding people who'd be interested in in doing crafts. So one has been, uh, and particularly doing these in real life events, I've built up a bit of a, a local following from doing the workshops and appearing at festivals. And then also I've been doing markets locally as well to get the word out there. So that's really focusing on independent markets and eco markets. So they're, they're people who have, have at least got an interest in small business and, and then the environment as well. And then online, I've really been working on getting on the front page of Google for certain keywords. And I've been quite successful in doing that, which has kind of been a surprise, <laughs> really. I never really thought I could compete with you know, everybody else on there and be able to to get business through Google. But that's actually worked really well. And it's it's been nice to be able to do that without having to to pay for it as well. You know, it's, it's, it's really powerful. And then the third one is um, this particularly came from something that Alan said at the Popper Business School is about using social media sort of socially. <laughs> um, so what I'm doing is basically just finding people who it looks like they're going to be interested in in crafts 
So using hashtags or looking at other organizations that are crafty and finding those people and then striking up a conversation with them. Basically, just to start with, by being friendly <laughs> and, uh, and and talking about what crafts they might be doing at the moment and anything from saying, can I have some feedback on uh, on the kits that I'm making all the way through to saying, do you think you'd be interested in subscribing? That kind of thing. And that's been also working surprisingly well. Interesting. So it sounds like you've done an amazing job in gaining awareness and, and finding people that are interested in crafts, that engage, engage in dialogue. Tell me a little bit about the, the numbers and the statistics. Once they're aware of you and they come to your website, how engaged are they in looking at the various craft kits and watching the videos and engaging while there? And then we'll go to the second question, which will be subscribing. Sure. Okay. So at the moment on social media, I'm getting, uh, I've got quite a lot of followers. It's about 1,600 followers and the engagement on there is quite good. So that's, that's mainly likes. And then a few comments about, you know, it's nice when I see current subscribers saying, oh, I'd really like this in my next delivery. So I'm getting engagement on there. And then in terms of website traffic, I'm getting about 1,200 visits a month. Interesting. And of those visits, how long do people stay on the site? And how does that relate to things like your bounce rate where they come and they say, oh, this is not what I thought it was? Well, yeah, so I've uh, I've got this quite high bounce rate of 90%. And that was something that, that I was going to ask about because it kind of just doesn't seem seem right. Because, you know, given that a lot of people will have found me by searching those keywords, it seems like a lot of people are turned away fairly quickly. So yeah, that, that really stuck out to me. I would agree. That's, that is very high. And it, it sounds like you're putting a lot of time and energy into building the top of the funnel, the awareness, which is great. But I would question a little bit, are you getting the right people to come to the site? If they come and they quickly leave, I would also question the other side of, do they come to the site and maybe they're the right people, but there's nothing there to really engage and attract them to, yes. to stay there on the site? Yes, absolutely. So, you know, I, I, th I think some work on, um, I've heard about landing pages. My current homepage is like a, a landing page for a customer, you know, like a generic customer. So it's not really focused on, on anybody. So, yeah, I think it needs some work, but I'm really not sure what direction to go in. Got it. Got it. Just a quick question on the bounce rate. Yeah. How long on average are people staying on the page, Adam? Because the bounce rate is they come, they look at a single page and they leave. I guess the question I have is how long are they on that one page? Because if it's a high amount of time they're spending on the page, that sounds better to me. If it's five seconds, they come, they look at the headline, they go, nah, not for me and leave. That's a different problem. So do you know that number? So looking at Google Analytics, is that session duration? Yes. yes. Okay, so that's 21 seconds, which sounds like not, not very long. <laughs> agree, agree. It's not a huge amount of time, but internet time is slightly longer. So 21 seconds, whilst it doesn't sound like a long time, like if you pause now for 21 seconds and we had that much silence, 
the audience would be going, what's going on? <laughs> what's happening? <laughs> yes. And they're at least looking at the headline. They're looking at some of the bits. So you've at least got their attention for a certain amount of time. Mm-hmm. I think the question Jennifer and I would probably have is, like, what are we doing with that attention and how are we hooking them? Because it sounds exactly what Jennifer said. You've got them onto the site. They're staying there for a while, but we've not hooked them to stay or go to the next step, which is watch a video, read a guide, talk about crafting at home, whatever it is. So I think it's the hook. We're getting traffic, but we're not hooking them in. Yes. I I would 100% agree with you, Alan, that and especially in today's world, having a very compelling hook that makes it very easy for somebody to say, oh, wow, I need to really look at this because you're touching them. But before we go further into defining the hook, because I think, Alan, you, you have a very good point there, I'd like to ask Adam one more question, which is how the business and the subscriber base and the conversions from visit the website to subscribe, how has that changed, if at all, during the COVID period? Because you started out in February, and then I'm sure the last months, there's been some patterns that have evolved. So it's it's hard to say, really. So the, the rebrand of Craftbots Club to be online only and, and craft kits in the post, that was towards the end of February. So I've only probably got a, you know three weeks worth of, of data, and that's it, basically at, at launch before lockdown then, then hit. So I'd be surprised that there wasn't going to be more demand for things to do at home during lockdown. But it's hard to say how that's changed um, the the conversions over that time. I have heard from other people doing similar things and they've had it. They've certainly had a a bump in subscribers since lockdown. Excellent. And have you had any fall off of your subscribers due to being furloughed, need to cut costs, etc.? So in terms of signups, there actually hasn't been much of a fall off. And there's, again, hearing from from other people in the, in the industry, there's usually a summer fall off as well, because crafting seems to be you know, more of a winter thing. But again, there hasn't really been much of a fall off, which has been really encouraging. Yeah, so, so not so much. But I, I, given that I've only been going for a few months, I probably haven't got you know, if I had a full year's worth of data, then that that might be coming through a bit more. Yeah, no, that's completely fair. So it it sounds like though that you have with your seventy subscribers, you have commitment. Yes, that they're staying with you and they're seeing the value. And it sounds like, and I'm making a few assumptions here, that because people are at home more, they probably have less distractions of traveling, going to the beach, etc. The crafting business may actually be in a very good position to grow significantly during this period. Yes, absolutely. Just going sort of maybe referring back to your, your previous question, where I'm seeing the impact of people being furloughed and, and all that sort of stuff, you know, the, the negative <laughs> side of, of COVID for this business anyway. People are, are clearly engaged and, and really interested in signing up, but they're they're saying they can't because of their, their finances at the moment. Got it. So that, I think, kind of ties back to the question 
of the hook. And one of the things that is a consistent opportunity for an entrepreneur to think about is to envision and to the best of your ability to get in the minds of your ideal target customer, the person that is willing to find that 20 quid a month and to commit to continuing to find that in order to invest in your solution. And if we think about people, the thing that really causes us to balance the different things that we could use our 20 quid on, it really needs to be something that says, this is going to change my mind, change my perception, change the way I interface with people around me. It's got to be important. And that's what you can use as your hook. How can you connect what's important to that ideal target audience customer to your solution? So let's start with understanding that ideal target customer. When you think about your 70 subscribers, how would you characterize them? Are they male, female? Are they young, old? What do you know about them? Okay, so the the customers at the moment, I'd say about 95% are female and they're 28 to 45 years old. And most people live in the UK. I think that that's you know, a function of the fact that, that I'm in the UK and you know, I've been focusing on the UK. But then, uh, and also, I've, I've only yeah, I've only been offering the subscriptions to the UK for a few months. Now I'm offering the subscriptions worldwide. So I've had a bit more interest from the US and and Singapore. Um, interestingly, <laughs> but yeah, within the UK, most people are, are London or, or home counties. But there's a, a new group that's kind of around Newcastle, which is kind of interesting to see those come in. And then there, because it's a an eco friendly craft subscription. There are people who tend to care about the environment a bit more, have eco-friendly blogs and uh, vegetarians and, and vegans are coming through that as well. Got it. So it sounds like you have a pretty good understanding of, of the demographics of these folks. What do you believe they most value as a result of their subscription? What do they really get in their lives? So I think people really love to learn a new thing, learn a new skill. Yeah. And people love to share what they've made on Instagram. So, you know, it's a, a really cool thing to show off to friends that I've made this mm-hmm. and then something that looks great in their homes. Uh, but there's, there's also, and this, this comes through quite a lot really, is the mental health benefits of crafting mm-hmm. that people get from doing this, that it calms people and it brings them into the moment and helps them deal with things like anxiety and depression. Wow. And in today's world, that's like the number one thing that people are looking for is help me to cope and have something outside of my circling mind of what's going to be a part of the future. Yes. Those are powerful for a hook to be able to communicate to that person when they come to the website. The world is changing around us. We have lots of questions and uncertainty. Put your mind, put your your energy towards learning something new with your hands. We've all learned enough Zoom tools and other tools. Mm-hmm. Learn something with your hands, share it with others, help the environment. And in doing so, 
you begin to have better perspective and it helps your mental capacity in dealing with uncertainty. Yeah. But it could really convince me the craft box club for 20 quid a month would give me those things. Sign me up. <laughs> so yeah, I think absolutely. Would be really useful right now is the audience listening. Adam, what's the website they can go and have a look at so they can actually see what we're talking about? Because I think this is a visual thing. If you can see the website as we're talking through, it'll bring it all to life. Uh, so what's the website, Adam? Okay, so the website is craftboxclub.co.uk. Excellent title. I love it. So you visit the website. <laughs> the first thing you see and read is easy plastic-free makes delivered every month. That's the tagline. And then we go straight into an eco-friendly craft box subscription. Uh, and it's quite interesting looking down the page as you've gone, the three things you've just said to us, learn a new skill, share what you've made, the mental health benefits. I can't see you really talking about them. Yeah, you're quite right. <laughs> Your three biggest benefits don't appear on the homepage. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. I think we've discovered an obstacle at the moment. <laughs> An opportunity, an opportunity. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. So I think the way I visualise this, and I'd love the audience to visualise this as well, if you can imagine a funnel, so it's wide at the top and goes to narrow at the bottom, and what we've Jennifer and I have heard is that Adam is good at filling up the top of the funnel, and he's got his Instagram, he's got his events he's got his seo that's driving traffic which is reaching the web page which is the next step down on this funnel then they're hitting the home page and that's where we're losing 90 percent of people bang they're gone so suddenly the funnel has gone from wide at the top with massive traffic to very very narrow almost instantly and that from the discovery that Jennifer and I have done talking to Adam seems to be where the issue is. And actually the 10% then seem to engage and subscribe and you've got some subscribers, you've got some good stuff going on. But it seems to be where the current issue is. We need to convert as we go down this funnel more of the people that hit the homepage into engaging, signing up to the mailing list, preferably subscribing to the first one, definitely. Do you think about these things in terms of funnel, Jennifer, or is that an outdated model, or how do you think about it? It's a very realistic model, and it sounds like Adam has done an amazing job of building that funnel. It's just now the question of bringing them to the homepage where they quickly and instantly get pulled through that hook. They get pulled into saying, wow. This is something that I can do, I can contribute to society, and it's going to help me feel good about myself because I'm learning new skills, I'm building something beautiful, I can show this off to everybody that is in my network. Maybe we can even compete and see who can build the biggest, nicest product out of these kits. So it seems as though you've got a great opportunity to engage people with the human side of what you're delivering, because what you're ultimately delivering is helping people that want to create something. They want to learn a new skill. They want to share in a community of like-minded, eco-friendly people. 
And in doing so, they feel better about themselves. So just tactically, as I look at at this homepage, I would love to see this first picture where it says easy plastic-free makes delivered every month. I would love to see a video of one or two people using the kit, building something, and talking about how much this has really helped them during this period of be at home. They've learned skills, they've created beautiful things, and it's given them a new perspective on life. If I saw that, I would instantly say, heavens, I'm not very good with my hands, but you know, maybe even I could do that. Yeah, sure. I think the video is a really, a really powerful thing, particularly when, you, when you're getting you know, customers to, to do that. I think that's something that terrifies me a little bit, you know, going out to my customers and, and asking them for that kind of thing, I guess, particularly at the moment. So I, I've, I have a video at the moment of like a demo of the kit being made, which is a bit lower down. And then I've got some reviews, which are lower down the website. I wonder, I, I guess there's, you know, first there's the question on, on how to engage with customers to get that kind of content, which I can see being really valuable. And then either in the meantime, or in place of, if that proves really challenging, should I move around some of the content that I've got on the website at the moment so that it, it lands with, with a bit of a better impact? I've got one quick idea. Why don't you run a time-lapse competition? So ask your 70 subscribers. We're having a competition. You'll get your next month free if you're the winning entry. Please send me a time-lapse of you building the next box so that you can see it being built, see what happens. You can choose the best one. You can reward the person. You can give them something they actually want, which is sharing it. And you'll Mm. get some incredible content for what you're doing. I would run a competition, give something away, get them excited, get them engaged and do exactly that, which brings people in. Absolutely. And instead of a free month, I would offer them one or two gift subscriptions that they could then uh, provide to their friends and family. Yes. Way better than my idea, Jennifer. Way better (laughs) than my idea. Yes. I love it. I love it. We build on each other (laughs) because that's the other thing that I find missing here is it seems like there is a great opportunity to bring people together if they all fit in this kind of demographic generally of ladies between 28 to 45, they care about the environment, they're all learning new skills, you've got an opportunity to really build a community where you encourage them to share with each other. Yeah, so I'd, I'd, I'd absolutely love to do that. So that's something that I've been starting to push a little bit, but I'd, I'd uh, also like help with that. So I've, I've been running a few Zoom workshops where people can come along and I, I do a, a tutorial over Zoom and they've been going down quite well. But that's, although that's good and I, and I love it, that's quite time consuming to keep going. The other thing that I've been doing is every time that somebody subscribes, then they get the chance to buy a box for a friend for it works out almost half price so they can then send that off to a friends or have it so that they can do it in a group together and some people take that up there have been a few real successes where there have been groups of eight people who get together and craft or do it over zoom but it's not been as popular as i'd like so i'd like to i'd like to try and encourage that a bit more mm-hmm. and i think just simple things of possibly having either a newsletter or a regular blog post where you recognize people, you encourage them to engage and share with each other. 
not necessarily you organizing everything, but they working together mm. and invite people to give you referrals. If you refer somebody, you get another gift subscription or you get an extension of your membership so that you're really leveraging those 70 people that you have. Yeah. Yeah, I like that idea. It's great. Building on what Jennifer said, something that struck me, actually right at the start, I've got a few ideas for you, Adam. Number one, have you seen Netflix now does watch parties? So you can organize your friends together and watch a movie together virtually in different houses. Uh, Okay. But you're doing a watch party. I wonder if you can have a guide to how people can run their own craft party. Oh, yeah, I love it. (laughs) You've got to have a craft party, haven't you? They can all open Zoom. They can all open some crisps and nibbles. Crisps. What's the the American for crisps? I can never remember. Chips. Chips. Thank you very much. They can all open some nibbles and have a party together doing the craft box and then share what they've created afterwards. And you help facilitate that through a guide, which kind of takes you out of the equation. Because the difficult bit about the Zoom things is you need to be there every time facilitating it, which becomes a lot of time as you go on. However, if you could do it as a party, that could work. I also had the idea of, as we spoke earlier, Craft Along With Me series. So I'm wondering if there's a series that is Craft Along With Adam. Craft, I want to say Crafty Adam, but that has a different connotation. (laughs) Craft Along With Me, the series, and it's once a month video that you craft along with. Katie and I recently did an experiment with YouTube Live, which actually went really, really well. There is a way to stream direct to YouTube Live through a Zoom. And you can be there doing the craft. You can film it. We can stream it direct to YouTube. And that then creates an asset that sits there as a guide that can forever be used with that pack. And I think it's about thinking about how you use one-off content because your Zoom calls are one-off content. Like, let's actually turn that into something that's valuable forever and is evergreen content around that particular box. So I'm wondering if there's a Craft Along With Adam series that each month there's a video so people get their packs and they can do it live with you on X night or they can watch the video throughout the month and do it with you. And that creates a whole series of videos that continues to promote you through the second largest search engine in the world. <laughs> Yeah, and that sounds really good fun as well. Yeah, I'd love getting people together and and meeting subscribers. So some people engage with me at the moment, and it's really wonderful talking to to my customers. But yeah, it'd be nice to encourage more to be face to face and yeah, and have that craft party. So that's great. And that's really the core of building a business long term is you've got to understand what are the hooks and the drivers that, that bring people in from their viewpoint, you know, the learning new skills, the creating something beautiful. I would suggest being part of a community in doing so, especially in today's COVID world, as well as the mental health capability that goes with it. So understanding that. But then it's the question of how can you build scalable, leverageable assets that allow you to reach that hook out to as many people as possible. So the idea of creating a how to have a craft party as opposed to having the craft party, creating the content, and then building the community So your 70 users are working together and they're then identifying the next 70 
if each of those gave you one referral, you'd be at 140. If each of those brought in you know, a half a person, you'll be at your 300 very quickly. Yeah, I love this idea of building a community uh, around the, the subscriber base. It's just got all sorts of benefits, like, like you were saying, as a kind of a multiplier of the subscribers. But also it just it will help with that mental health aspect of getting everybody together and crafting together and sharing an experience. So, yeah, I love that idea. I think it's about at this stage, what we're talking is actually further down the funnel. From the very top, we brought people in. They've come to the website. They've signed up to a subscription. Now they've subscribed. It's how do we build the community to keep them subscribing and to keep adding value? So we've gone right to the bottom of the funnel to keep those people. Actually, you can almost expand the funnel out at that point if you get what Jennifer is saying, the referrals right. The question I have, this is a very functional, practical one. What's the best home for this? Because there needs to be a home for the community where they can meet, preferably online, because if you've got people in Singapore, Newcastle and London, they need a virtual home where they can share questions. They can say, Adam, here's the amazing thing I've made. Or Adam, it all failed. Look, my candle is <laughs> melted over to one side and it looks a bit weird. All of that stuff needs to be shared, created and brought together. Where's the best place? What's the home? Yeah, it could be a few different levels. I mean, one is ultimately the home could, would, or should be a special sign-in section of the website. So once you are subscribed, you have special access to an area with a password that has things like a discussion group. It has hints and tips. It has the foundation of how to have a craft party. You want all of that protected behind a, a sign-in wall. And I would even su suggest as well, uh, Adam, that you look at areas where you have the craft boxes. You've really described what's in each of the kits. That information of what's in the kit and how to use it, that would also be in that sign-in portal for members only that, that actually get to see how to use this. That makes people also feel special. You've subscribed and you're part of this community. And once you have that, you can even have smaller sections where you could have the, the inner circle. There's the, the top 20 people that have made the best product in the last month. And you can really reward people within that, that single sign-on. So that would be the best way to do it. Now, in the short term, if you're not ready to invest a little bit in, in setting that up on your website, you could certainly do a Facebook group. You could do a LinkedIn group. You could probably do a group in Instagram to get some momentum or even in your YouTube channel. I mean, you could start there and then build out. One of the benefits of the Facebook groups is you can indeed do them as private. So you mm -hmm. could just have it for subscribers. You could just have it for those people. Yeah, and that's an interesting point. Like, would you have, Jennifer, do you think Adam should have an open craft group, which is all about crafting, or is it just for subscribers and he's interacting in other people's craft groups for the top of the funnel, but his craft group is just for subscribers? What, what do you think? Is it like that or is it open? What should he be doing? Yeah, it, it could be a bit of both. I mean, it sounds like where he is right now with the 70 subscribers, the biggest 
need is to leverage those 70. So, so work with what you've already brought into the funnel and build that. So that, that would be the first thing, the, the private for the subscribers. While at the same time, there is absolutely nothing wrong with engaging through your, your company Facebook page, engaging others and exploring the idea of them working together before they subscribe. But you really want them to move quickly from engagement openly to subscribe to be part of this special group. Yeah, sure. Okay. That's, that's, um, that's a lot to think about. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, so I, I have a group set up for you know, just to kind of get the, the name on, on Facebook, you know, with, with the thought that I do something with it with it later. I think the thing is, that at the moment, people are, are loving to share their stuff on their Instagram feeds. And they do they do use the Craftbox Club UK hashtag. So I get to hear about it and engage with it. And, you know, I'll post that on my story as well. It's just so... I, what I think people really love is sharing what they've made with everybody. Yeah. And then if if they were sharing that in the private Facebook group, at the moment, no one's seeing that. You know, that's the thing. Right. And with 70, I'm, I wasn't sure there was the volume of people to get a real community going in a Facebook group with, with you know, knocking out everyone but, but 70 people. Do you think I need, uh, you know, 70, is 70 good to create enough of, uh, you know, buzz for that to be a thing? Or is it worth waiting till later? Um, that's what I felt like. Well, it's, it's fairly easy to set up a private Facebook group. So if you set it up and you invite the people and monitor the, the participation and do some outreach to those first people, I think you'll get your answer. It's, it's mm. more from their view than our view. And, and yeah. the same with, with the Instagram. If they're interacting there on Instagram, jump into their interactions and ask the questions. A lot of the entrepreneurs that I work with tend to think things through for very long periods of time. There's a lot to be said for think it through and formulate your question. Go out to your community and ask them. Ask them what will make them feel more engaged, what's really helping them through this COVID period by using crafts? What do they use to share what they've made? Where would they like to share it? Get their feedback. I love that. I think Jennifer. I love that. I think Jennifer is exactly right. We could send out an email to your 70 subscribers saying, I'm thinking about bringing the community together. What's the best platform to do that on? Should I do it here, here, or here? Give them some choices. And then see what they say. And I love, it's the quick testing, isn't it, Jennifer? It's the reaching out and just doing it quickly and see what happens. Absolutely. The best way to learn is try it <laughs> and or ask others what they believe. Yeah, that sounds good. All right. engagement. Subscription model is all about engaged users that feel they're part of something. They feel they're engaged in building something for themselves, but also something for the broader future, especially these people that are eco-friendly supporters. Jennifer, I think having heard Adam, we've given him a huge amount of ideas. We've given him a lot (laughs) of things to do. Yes. And I just wanted to add in a time perspective because we've spoken about all sorts of things you could do, 
And actually what this is, is this is a business you are building. And I want all of the listeners to hear this. This is a business you are building over the long term. We're not suggesting you have to do this all today. We're saying let's start and step by step. Let's work on the homepage this week. Then let's work on this bit next week. Work on the next bit the next week. We gradually build the subscriber base. We gradually build the resources. The week after we do the guide to running a craft party. The week after we do this. And gradually over the next one, two, three years, it will build into the business you want. And I think it's about taking that long-term, sustainable mindset that I'm playing this game, I'm having fun, I want to continue playing the game over a long, long time, and it will gradually get better as I go. This is definitely not something you have to do all today. It's something that you build up as you go. And for me, because I love my business and I love doing the podcast and love what I'm doing, all I'm thinking about is when do I get to play next? And I continually improve each time I play the game. And that's how I would be looking at it for you, is that. And if I were you, I'd be going, okay, what's the three things I'm going to do over the next two weeks based on what Jennifer and Alan have said? What's the three things? And then what's my someday maybe list? So maybe the group goes on the someday maybe list and the starting point is the homepage hooks or the craft parties, whatever it is. But that would be my question. What's the three things you're actually going to do? Right. So I've jotted them down here. So I I really love the guide to the craft party thing. And I think that could be a really nice first engagement on the website. And, and that's something I reckon I could put together quite quickly. And it would be really helpful because it is, as uh, you know, we, we've all, all experienced with the technology, just getting past the technology barrier to organize one of these things is, is tricky. But then also just, I guess, knowing as soon as you land on the website that we can facilitate, you know, Craftbox Club can facilitate that. That's quite powerful and a good kind of um, way to get people to refer um, their friends. So that's the first one. And um, the second one is to work on the homepage a little bit more and to get more of those, the value adds that we talked about, really direct and obvious when people log on to the site. And then I I think so the third one is is building the community. And uh, there are there are so many ideas there. I, I've not chosen a top one. Um, <laughs> But uh, that's, that's definitely something that I want to do. And I'd, I'd really love doing because it, it really makes it more enjoyable for me as well as everyone else doing it. So I'll, I'll have to have a think and get back to you about those. Excellent. Excellent. And I, I would absolutely encourage on that third one to begin to engage your community in what do they really want. And what you might actually find is when you reach out to them, whether it's on Instagram or Facebook or however you reach out to a few people, you might find that that they've been waiting for some engagement and they actually want to work more closely with you. And who knows, you might get some of those offers for testimonials that you can in, include in more direct format on the homepage. And I, I would absolutely... Um, encourages you look at the homepage to shift away from what it is, i.e. it is craft kits, to what it delivers. What it delivers is you learn new skills, you're able to share with others beautiful things that you've made while supporting the environment, and you feel better about yourself. Can I ask a question on that point? Um, no. So is, is, no. <laughs> no. So, I'd get the like delivering the value completely and, and 
trying to to show what the value is up front on the website. I guess what I'm thinking is, how do you balance that with the keywords that people will search for? Because I think if people, you know, if one of the benefits, say, is mental health, then if people search for mental health, then I, I'm not going to rank for that, say. But people will be, if if people want that kind of thing, people will search for, so I, I, I'm ranking for craft box and craft kits, which is the sort of what it is thing. So mm-hmm. I think people search for what it is but then they want to see the value on the website. So what's the best way of, of balancing that? So you've got the people coming in at the top of the funnel, but when they get there, the, then they're engaged. Yeah, it, it's not an easy question, but it really comes down to the way you structure the copy that, that you absolutely want to note that you provide craft kits, craft kits that allow people to learn new skills easily share eco-friendly craft creations in order to feel better about oneself and gain perspective. That's badly worded copy editing, but it it really is a a art and a skill. And that's a place that if you you have a small budget, look for somebody in your local community that is a copy editor and would be a very good place to spend a small amount to get those words specifically crafted in that way. And I would just add to what Jennifer said, I don't think it's an either or. You can definitely, I would still rank for those keywords, craft box, craft club, all of those keywords. That's definitely the focus. And then when those people arrive, you're hooking them with the benefits. So I don't think it's either or. I think they arrive through those keywords and then they go, oh, wow, I didn't realize that a craft box would give me all of these different things. I'm even more excited now. I was searching for this, but I'm even more excited now. So I don't think it's an either or. I think you still focus on your strategy. You shouldn't be trying to show up for mental health, but maybe that's one of the benefits that they get from doing the craft boxes. And there is a way to put yourself out there to say, reduce anxiety through crafting. There's definitely a way to Mm. do that. And we can probably find some studies online that show crafting, colouring in the uh, health benefits of those things. But the focus is come for a craft box. Here's why you Mm. should buy it. The benefits. Let's get you started. Here's some amazing things you could create now. Yeah, that's great. And I was I, like building on the guide to the craft party idea. I, I wondered whether there's a you know an opportunity to do a, a guide to you know the, the benefits of crafting for mental health or something because there's certainly a lot of a lot of science in that area. So you know I, I could pull together a few of the the headlines from that, I guess, and yeah, include that as a guide. So that would help improve that bounce rate, get people engaged, and yeah, have that as a as a flag for. Yes, it's a craft kit, but this is definitely one of the values that that it would provide you. That would be a perfect blog post. And the other way to include that, that reference to it's helping my anxiety and making me feel better is where you could use a testimonial from one of your users. Let them say how much it's helped. Absolutely. The thing we always say at Pop-Up Business School is stats and stories. So it's great (laughs) to have some stats about how it helps. And then we need a story of someone it's helped. And sales is stats and stories, stats and stories, stats and stories. That's all it is. Yeah. All right. That's your hook. Cool. So, Adam, any closing thoughts about business, entrepreneurship, your experiences that you would like to share with the audience? Yeah. What would you like to say to the audience about entrepreneurship? 
So I, I think I've had such an incredible journey building Craftbox Club since its inception a few weeks after the uh, the first pop-up business school. And I've followed um, a lot of the pop-up principles and done this without spending a lot of money. It's been great. It's been an amazing journey to go on. I think what I'd like to share with, with people is just, you know, do those those mini experiments that you talk about and this has been through quite a, a lot of different uh, different looks, <laughs> Craftbox Club over the time, and it's all been really fun, and it's it's been really rewarding to get to something since the you know beginning of this year that's really resonating with people just by pivoting the idea and knocking it around a little bit. So if, if something's not working, don't completely throw it away, but you know maybe just change it a little bit, get to know what people are into. And yeah, keep innovating it. And it's just a great thing to do to build your own business and be your own boss. I love that, Adam. Awesome. And Jennifer, thank you so much for helping us, for your ideas, for your wisdom, for your experience. Do you have any closing messages for the audience and or challenges for Adam? Thank you. It's been wonderful to be here. I mean, I think the the main takeaways to me is that Adam has done an amazing job of being persistent and building on his view of a need and his passion and has identified a very real need in today's market for people to learn, do things with their hands, find a way to share with others and reduce their own anxiety. So congratulations for that. I often observe when people have gotten to that level where they are at a stage of identifying, validating the need, getting those first customers, the biggest challenge is how do you grow from here? And it sounds in Adam's case, like we see in a lot of companies that while yes, you always want the top of the funnel to be continually filled, It's very important to look at what's already down here in the bottom of it. And especially in a situation where there is commonality among the users. Adam really knows his user base quite well. Let's build on that and grow that user base. And that will ultimately fuel the top of the funnel. So thank you for uh, the opportunity to share perspective and Get to know a a wonderful entrepreneur that's on to greatness. (laughs) I love that. Thank you, Jennifer. And where can the audience find out more about your work and what you're doing currently? Excellent. So the best way is to look at my own website, which is jennifervessels.com. And feel free to also reach out to me on LinkedIn. And it's just simply Jennifer Vessel's profile. And I look forward to engaging with you. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Jennifer, you are a legend. Adam, go make this happen. And will you let us know how you get on? Yeah, for sure. And uh, thanks for having me on. Uh, uh, I really appreciate it. Thank you. Great advice. It's been average. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Thank you for tuning in to The Rebel Entrepreneur. It's been a lot of fun. Jennifer (laughs) and Adam, goodbye to everyone listening. Go out there, make the business happen, have fun, make some money and live with passion. Now that hour working with Adam went so quickly. There's a few key things I just wanted to end up giving you at the end of the episode. And they are number one, the funnel. Every single one of you who are listening to this podcast, for your business, you have a funnel. And the question is, how are you filling the funnel at the top? 
Are you using Facebook? Are you using adverts? Are you using flyers? What are you using to fill the funnel to bring people into your business? And then from there, where do they go? Do they go to the homepage of your website? Do they come to your shop? What's the first steps from that homepage? Do they go to the buy now page? Do they go to the subscription page? Are they clicking through to the basket? And at every decision point, you're going down a level in the funnel. And we need to see if at the bottom, it spits out a customer. And after you've been doing this for a while, you will be able to tell if I put a thousand people in at the top of the funnel, I get 10 sales at the bottom and I'm trading on about a 1% conversion rate. Then you know what work you've got to do to build your business. So take what we've learned in the episode and start to sketch out a marketing funnel for your business. And if you want to learn more about that, there is an article on the Pop-Up Business School step-by-step guide that talks you through how to design and draw out a funnel for your business. The second thing I'd love you to take from this episode is Adam had a clear hook or benefit for what his business did, but his marketing didn't talk about it. And it is incredible the number of businesses I see that don't talk about the primary benefits to their customers on their website and their marketing material. And quite often they don't even know what they are. So what do I want you to take away from this episode? I want you to think about what's the key benefit to the customers you're supplying now. And if you don't know, ask them and then make sure that is clearly stated throughout your website, throughout your marketing material, in your emails, and use that to hook people in that will start the sales process. And the third thing I would love you to take from this episode is once you've won a customer, it's about keeping a customer. And the clear action you can take away from this is start to engage with the people who have already brought your product or service. Ask them what they're looking for. Ask them how you can better serve them, engage them and talk to them. So there is three incredibly clear actions for you to take away from this episode. Thank you for tuning in to The Rebel Entrepreneur. Please subscribe to the podcast. And if you've enjoyed what you've heard, leave us a review. It is the reviews that drive me to keep producing episodes and adding as much value as I can for you. Thanks for tuning in. Go out there and get them. You can have any life you want to. Choose to build something cool. Choose to take action. Choose to work to make your dreams become reality. Stand out. Be different. Be yourself. Be a rebel entrepreneur.